Turn with me this evening to the book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel in chapter 18. And the point that we've come to tonight in this chapter is God's laws governing the righteous and wicked. And this section begins with verse 5 down through verse 20. So we're going to be looking at for the next couple of weeks, three weeks, several weeks, at those laws which he puts forth governing the righteous and governing the wicked, or shall we say, considering the righteous and considering the wicked. The first is concerning the righteous. Verse 5. But if a man be just, that is, if he be righteous, and do that which is lawful and right, does that which is righteous, he does righteousness. He does works of righteousness. And hath not eaten upon the mountains, neither hath lifted up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, neither hath defiled his neighbor's wife, neither hath come near to a menstruous woman, and hath not oppressed any, but hath restored to the debtor his pledge, hath spoiled none by violence, hath given his bread to the hungry, and hath covered the naked with a garment. He that hath not given forth upon usury, neither hath taken any increase that hath with drawn his hand from iniquity, hath executed true judgment between man and man, hath walked in my statutes, and hath kept my judgments to deal truly, he is just, he is righteous, <laughs> he shall surely live, saith the Lord God. This is an interesting portion of Scripture, but it is one of common sense. As governing the righteous, this is a true believer. 
This is one who is truly righteous, one who truly trusts the Lord, and his life bears evidence. The life which he lives bears evidence by his righteous living. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians for a moment. Chapter 2. That well-known passage of Scripture. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 through 10. Where we read, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. In other words, you're a true believer. You've truly trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10. For we are his workmanship. We are the workmanship of God. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Simply put, the true believer, the one who is truly saved, the one who, who is saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and not trusting in any works of his own, because he is saved, he does good works. He does righteous deeds. He ceases from his life of sin. The life of sin which we, he was living when Christ saved him. Turn with me now to the book of Philippians. Book of Philippians chapter 1. And verse 11. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. You see, he that is truly righteous, he that is truly believed, repented of his sins and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, he is filled with works of righteousness. They're by Jesus Christ. He's been born again. He's a new creature in Christ Jesus. And so he does true works of righteousness. Those things which honor and glorify and praise our God, according to this verse. Now back to our text in the book of Ezekiel. Chapter 18. He does not engage in false worship. Verse 6. And hath not eaten, this individual, this one who is righteous and does righteousness, and hath not eaten upon the mountains, neither hath lifted up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel. He does, not, he does not engage in false worship. He does not engage in worship of idols. He worships the true and living God. 
He worships the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who saved him from his sins and gave him eternal life. He does not commit adultery or commit any other sexually unclean acts. In verse 6, find verse 6 here. Neither hath come near to a menstruous woman. <laughs> I mean, the coming near is to, to, to have sexual intercourse with a woman, and she, she's defiled. She's a menstruous woman. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy in chapter 4. In verse 19. And lest thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the host of heaven, shouldest be driven to worship them and serve them which the Lord thy God hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven. He, 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 the host of heaven that he has created and he divided it to, to be of benefit, to be of use to every nation under heaven. The sun shines on every nation under heaven. The moon shines upon every nation under heaven. The stars and, and their constellations shine upon every nation under heaven. And so he says, they, lest they should worship them. Idolatry. Idol worship. Turn with me to the book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus. In chapter 18. In verse 19. Also... Thou shalt not approach unto a woman to uncover her nakedness as long as she is put apart for her uncleanness. That is, a, a, a woman in the Old Testament, under the Old Testament law, when she was menstruating, when she was in that time of month, she was unclean. And they were not to come near to her. Verse 20 says, Moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile thyself with her. The very thing that this one in Ezekiel chapter 18, in verse 5, who is 
truly righteous, and because he is truly just, because he is truly righteous, he's doing works of righteousness that honor and glorify God, that are pleasing to God. He is obeying the commandment of God. Back to our text in verse 7 of our text. And hath not oppressed any, but hath restored to the debtor his pledge, hath spoiled none by violence, hath given his bread to the hungry, and hath covered the naked, naked with a garment. This person, this righteous person, does not oppress people. He returns collateral on loans and does not rob people, does not steal. He is, furthermore, he is compassionate and merciful to individuals. Turn with me over to the 22nd chapter of the book of Ezekiel. And look with me at verse 29 in that chapter. Chapter 22 and verse 29. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. You see, the people of the land, you get to the 22nd chapter, the people of the land, by and large, were not righteous. They were not just. They were doing everything. They were guilty of everything. The verse 7 and Chapter 18 tells us this righteous man doesn't do. Also turn with me to, in comparison to the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians, chapter 3. You want to know how a righteous man lives this is the way of a righteous man. This is the way of one who is truly just. Colossians chapter 3 and beginning with verse 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels, mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, in other words, you're, you're, you're long-suffering, and, and because you're long-suffering, you're, you're, you're compassionate, and you're forgiving. Verse 13, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. You see, a righteous man and a just man forgives as he has been forgiven of Christ. How has he been forgiven of Christ? 
Well, Christ went and died, paying for my sins. While I was yet in my sins, and in my trespasses, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. While I was still at enmity with him, verse 14. And above all these things, put on charity, put on love, put on agape, this agape love is, is a sacrificial love. It's not a human love. You see, we humans, we love one to another as, as it might benefit us and for our own benefit. But this love, this agape love, is a sacrificial love. The book of... And this says that it's the bond of perfectness. It's that which cements together in completeness and perfectness. I think it's the book of Galatians in chapter 5 and verse 6. We see here that if you really are a believer, if you're a true believer, truly just, truly righteous, then you have love. You have agape. Verse 6 of Galatians chapter 5. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. What avails then? But faith, true faith, it worketh, true faith works worketh and it keeps on working it's not a one-time work it keeps on working it keeps on working until the end of your life and as we get on down in this 18th chapter we're going to be talking more about perseverance the truly righteous individual he perseveres he perseveres until the end of his life until he goes he's called home to be with his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So true faith worketh and keeps on working by love. Turn with me to one more passage in the book of Luke. The book of Luke in chapter 6, in verse 31. You see, the pathway of the just, the pathway of the righteous, is they live by this example. They live by this motto. They live by this proverb, or it should be a proverb. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also... To them, likewise. It's not rocket science, is it? It's the golden rule. The golden rule of Scripture. The golden rule of a, a true righteous person. A, the golden rule of a true just person. Faith which worketh by love. As you, as you want to be treated, so treat others. The same way that you want to be treated. How many of us do that? 
time if it benefits us, right? True Christian, a true, true righteous individual that's in his heart, is put there by God, is put there by the Holy Spirit of God. He's leading us to be, as we read in chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, to be truly a long-suffering and a compassionate and forgiving as Christ forgave us. He's leading us into agape. Romans chapter 5, and I think it's verse 5, tells us that when we were saved, the, the love of God, the Holy Spirit took the love of God, the agape, the God-like love, the sacrificial love, and He shed it abroad in our hearts. You see... Well, moving on. Back to our text in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 18. Now getting down to verse 8. He that hath not given forth upon usury, neither hath taken any increase, that hath withdrawn his hand from iniquity, hath executed true judgment between man and man. Usury. <laughs> what is usury? We don't use that word. We call it interest. Bible term for interest. Charging interest is usury. The righteous, the just, don't charge his brethren interest. They loan to him, they give to him without the charge of interest. And strangers, those who are not brothers and sisters in Christ, well, he doesn't charge excessively. He doesn't charge excessive interest. We've all heard of the shysters. Somebody needs in needs money really bad and they need to borrow a thousand bucks real quick. And we've heard of individuals that, that charge 50% interest per day. Per day that is not paid back. Or 100% interest every day that is not paid back. He doesn't charge excessively. To the stranger. Give me the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 23. 
verse 19. Thou shalt not lend upon usury to thy brother. Usury of, usury of money, usury of victuals, usury of anything that is lent upon usury. Anything that you might lend to. Food, milk, tools. You don't charge them interest. You don't charge your brethren interest for those things. Verse 20, unto a stranger thou mayest lend upon usury, but unto thy brother thou shalt not lend upon usury, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all that thou settest thine heart hand to in the land whither thou goest to possess it. You see, you want the blessings of God upon you? You treat others the way you yourself want to be treated. With bowels of compassion and mercy and long-suffering and forgiveness as Christ forgave you. You treat them with agape, with a sacrificial Love. Turn with me to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms in chapter 15. Just a short psalm, so we'll read it all. In fact, I believe every verse is practical to what we're speaking about here. Lord. Psalms 15 and verse 1. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? The righteous, the just. He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned. A, a, a vile and wicked person. Don't you hate evil? Don't you despise evil? You see... You've got to be careful in our despising of evil that we don't despise the person. It's hard for us humans to, to separate them. But how, how are we going to show them the love of Christ? How are we going to minister to them the love of Christ if we despise them? Yes, we hate their sin and despise their sin. We contemn it. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. 
he that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. He shall never be condemned. He shall never suffer condemnation. By his doing those things, he is evidencing that he is truly a righteous person, a righteous individual. He turns away from a sinful lifestyle that was in our back there in verse 8 of our text. He, he, uh, he turns away from iniquity. He, he withdraws his hand from iniquity. He withdraws from doing that which is evil and wicked. You see, he once was a sinner. He once lived a life of sin. And now he with, he's a new creature in Christ Jesus, and he withdraws from that, not desiring to do evil, not desiring to do wickedness any longer. He executes judgment. His judgment is without partiality. Notice that in the last part of that verse. Hath executed true judgment between man and man. You see, he executes true judgment, and not just with one man or a few men, but from every man to every man. It's without partiality. His God, his Savior, is not a respecter. Of persons. If he was a respecter of person, would he have loved you? Would he have saved your soul? And so we're to do right to all men without partiality. He obeys. God's word in verse 9. He walketh in my statutes and hath kept my judgments to deal truly. He is just. He must surely live, saith the Lord God. You see why? Because he's obeying God's word, he's acting in love. In compassion and mercy, forgiving one another. He worships and serves God. He doesn't worship and serve idols. He is one who is trusting God and walking in His paths, manifesting that He is righteous and that He is a possessor of life. Possessor of eternal life. Turn with me to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 15. In verse 22. 
And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. God delights in our obedience, not in the giving of sacrifice, but in obedience to all his word, to all his commands, to the whole counsel of God. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 26. In verse 16, Deuteronomy 26 and verse 16. This day the Lord thy God hath commanded thee to do these statutes, judgments. Thou shalt therefore keep and do them with all thine heart and with all thy soul. You see, he, he doesn't want you to just go through the motions of keeping. He wants, to, he wants you to do them with a heart that is, is bent when doing the commands of God. Do it, do it with a heart that is, is loving because you love God, because you love the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he, he gave so much To obtain my salvation. The least I can do is live a life in service to Him. Turn with the book of Joshua, in chapter 1. Verse 8, and this verse 8, many, generally when you learn, learn verse 9, you learn verse 8 and 9 together. But in our Sunday school, we've only learned verse 9, memorized verse 9. At one time, I could quote verses 8 and 9 together. Verse 8, notice what it says here. God tells Joshua, this book of the law, my word, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. <laughs> You see, God, want, God doesn't want just partial obedience. God wants whole obedience to his word. He wants us to meditate upon it. And by the meditating upon it, then we, we observe to do, we observe to be obedient to all his word. For therein thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Not the success that the world thinks of. God doesn't measure success by the standards of the world. God's success 
is by what you've done in obedience to his commands. Are we being successful? Are we being prosperous? You want to be prosperous of the Lord and you want to have good success. Then as a truly person, truly righteous person, you put off sin and you put on the things that are pleasing to God. And we've looked at those things which please God. A heart that is full of sacrificial love, that is long-suffering to his fellow man, with bowels of compassion and mercy, and forgiving, forgiving as Christ forgave us. That is true agape. That is true sacrificial love, which is the bond, which is the cement, which is the glue that binds us together with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We'll stop there.